Welcome to Dream, Declare, Deliver with Chris Garrell and Candace Ogren. Join us each week as we explore how to live a life by design and turn inspiration into realization. Well, good morning and hello. Happy holidays and greetings, whatever time zone you happen to be in. Um, it's Chris and Candace again, and um, we're here to talk about how to dream, declare, and deliver to live the life that you want by design, by your design. And so um, we thought, given that we're recording this on the day after Christmas, um, that we might just talk a little bit about the holidays and how those occur to different people and 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 then move into a couple themes that are um, really present to us uh, on this, this kind of special day after. So... Um, I think the first thing, you know, and Candace, you mentioned this before that, you know, sometimes for some people, the holidays are, are tough, you know, they, they remind us of, you know, past events that may have not been so great or whatever, or we have family dynamics that are just stressful. Um, and for many people, um, you know, the holidays are a time of gathering and a time of, of rejoicing and, and family and um, just really being thankful. Uh, so we wanted to start just by talking a little bit about the various ranges of experiences that we have um, around the holidays. Yeah. And, and I was just telling Chris that, um, you know, I, I, I'm living my life by design right now. And my husband and I bought a house a year and a half ago. That is a bed and breakfast. Essentially, we can sleep 20 people at our house, which is pretty amazing. And, um, on Cape Cod, it's beautiful right, right in the main downtown of, of our community. And, um, and so our family loves to come here. And, and one of my visions when I, when I found this house and told my husband that I wanted to buy it, I, you know, I told him, I said, I imagine us hosting family here for Christmas. Like, that's what I imagine. That's, that's what this house says to me that it wants. And, um, so, you know, my, my, my husband's parents are, are divorced and we actually host Christmas twice. So we get <laughs> twice the fun. Uh, and yeah. yeah. Um, and so we have our, his entire family down two different times in, in the month of December. And, um, and this weekend they've been down for, for three days and, um, and we have eight people here and it's, it's great. Um, and while all that's happening, um, and while I'm living the vision and, and seeing, you know, my, my son playing with his cousins and just great joy, I lost a son, um, two years ago, a week from today. And I, you know, two years ago was in the emergency room eight times in six weeks, uh, in triage because we were, you know, touch and go and, and without, with our son being delivered very, very early. And so this is also a time of great pain for me. Um, and you know, it, it, it was interesting last night, you know, we're hosting Christmas dinner and we have, you know, even, even my brother-in-law brought his mother, like, like, you know, we had this extended family for Christmas and it was beautiful. And then I just got overwhelmed, just overwhelmed. I just got smacked in the face with grief and I'm, you know, sitting in the kitchen and everyone's screaming and, you know, like wanting to do a show and all these things. And I just couldn't, I just, in that moment, I just had to cry and wash it, my, wash my dishes. And so you can feel both. You can feel joy and pain at the same time. And that's really what the topic of today's conversation is in a way. Um, what we want to talk about is scarcity and abundance. And the good news is this, you can be both scarce and abundant 
at the same time and you get to choose which path you want to take. Um, and in that moment, in that moment, I was feeling pretty scarce. I was missing August, my son, and also feeling great joy. And so, so that was my experience last night, Chris. Yeah. Um, tell, me about, tell me about your holiday. Well, you know, we always at, at Christmas and Thanksgiving um, host a, a, a couple of friends who have no family. Um, you know, all their living relatives are deceased. Um, and um, and so we, we always have them over. They're kind of our extended family during the holidays. And, and so we had our little gathering of, you know, I think we had 10 folks last night around the table, including my son, who was uh, back and our German exchange student. And, and so um, we started off with toasting each other and, and just, you know, first of all, congratulating our, our German exchange student who's new, who was selected is, you know, one of only three people in this entire program that was selected to go to DC to work in Congress for the next three months. And so we were so proud of him and sending wow. him off. And at the same time, welcoming other people who had no family and, and for whom we are family. And so we were toasting the family, um, and so it was it was a coming and a going at the same time, you know, and I think, you know, the thing that that I'm aware of is that a lot of times I we seem to think that it's a, a toggle switch where one or the other. Yeah. And mm -hmm. and what Candace and I always talk about and, and have written so many places into the book Typhoon Honey is that it's a both and world. You know, it's not it's not black and white dualistic um, either or you either get to be abundant or you're, you know, falling into scarcity. And, you know, as, as Candace just said, it's just, you know, it's it's the both end. You know, you get to feel all of the feelings. So, what you know, let's talk a little bit about scarcity and abundance, you know, mm -hmm. so. So the human brain, I'm going to get psychology on you here for a second, but the human brain. Chris is, Chris is the science and I'm the art of this, <laughs> this conversation. <laughs> Chris, Chris pretends to be a psychologist at, at times. And, and, you know, the way our brain is set up is is for our survival. I mean, it's the one thing that, you know, its job is. If there's anything the brain does, it makes sense out of the world, but it makes sense in terms of what's going to help you survive. And so... You know, when you're thinking of survival, when your brain is trying to process things from a survival instinct, you know, it's looking at limited resources, limited time, limited whatever, you know, and I'm just little. I'm, you know, I got to protect myself. And so that's where the scarcity mindset really comes from. It's a natural thing that we live with, that we grew up with and grew into or evolved with. And, and so it's not like wrong. You know, to have those feelings every once in a while of not enough. I think we all have a sense of like somewhere in our childhood, we got this sense that we were little and small and everything else was much bigger than us. So we learned that we're not big enough, you know, we're not strong enough or whatever. And so, you know, between the the, the survival instinct and that, you know, that early, early childhood memory of not enough or not big enough or whatever, we all have that somewhere in, in us, you know, and at the same time, just look around, <laughs> you know, like just look around you and, and see everything. You could be living in a, a shelter, you know, and look around and still appreciate the abundance of things that are there, 
Um, so go ahead. I think that's, I think that's an important point, um, you know, abundant mindset. So, so when people talk about, you know, I want to be in abundance, the, the first, the first, you know, suggestion that I make to them or invitation I make to them is the first step is to decide I am in abundance mm-hmm. and, and to, to, um, look around at what you have, where you are and be grateful. Um, and you know, I, I, Andrew and I, when we got married, we, um, we traveled the world for six months. Um, we got, got married in Italy and traveled the world for six months. And one of the things that we did is we, um, we tracked the Himalayas and we had a, a trekking guide, Kumar, who his, he, his family had lost everything, their home. They had lost, um, all their belongings in the earthquake in Nepal. And they were living in a the government had given them a piece of sheet metal that they bent in half and turned into a tent. And that's what they were living under with their animals. And um, he was telling us about this. And um, what's amazing is that he was so abundant. Like he, he was happy. He was saying, my family is healthy. We have so many things, you know, like we have so many blessings and what's amazing, you know, my husband and I raised the money to, to build him a new house um, while we were on this trek. And to this day, Kumar is a very good friend of ours, but he didn't need the house to be abundant. He right. didn't need the things. Um, and so so I think there's a reframing of what abundance means. Abundance doesn't mean that you have things. Abundance no, means that not. you that you identify um, your life in gratitude. Right. And I think that's where it starts, you know, for me is, is, you know, to start my day each day and to end my day each day, bookending it with gratitude. Um, when, when I wake up and say, man, it's such a beautiful day. You know, I get to live another day. I get to be with this, this wonderful, powerful woman that I love. And, and, um, and we now have celebrated. We're coming up, uh, in, in just a few days on our 32nd, no, our 31st, sorry, our 31st ah. anniversary. Um, I'm just advancing time. <laughs> yeah, it was abundance, you know, <laughs> but I'm so grateful you know, for what I have. And one of the principles in, I I think it's a universal principle, is you can't receive more if you're not grateful for what you already have. You know, so the first part of an abundant mindset is really being grateful. You know, Mm -hmm. just count your blessings. Thank, you know, and if you can't find anything, be thankful that you're breathing that you have air to breathe and um and it's not noxious and and poisonous there are places in this world that, that you know you and I have both been to Kathmandu which is probably one of the most polluted, polluted cities you know the air quality is just awful there because it sits in a valley and all of the you know smoke and gases from everything that's done there are trapped in that valley often and and so the air is just really hard to breathe Thanks. Thick. Yeah, thick, really. Um, you know, so be, you know, be grateful that you have air to breathe, you know, be grateful that the, the your heart, you know, one time I was, I, I did get a heart test, a stress test, and, and part of it was an echocardiogram. And, uh, you know, and I asked if I could watch the monitor. And if you've never seen the syncopated dance that your heart does, you know, you, you go do it just for the experience of it because it's not loved up like what we feel the the pulse being it's this you know squirmy thing that's all coordinated this you know there are four parts it just amazed me to watch how it did that i go like 
it's been doing that since before I was born, and it will do it until the day I take my last breath, and it doesn't miss a beat. Oh, every once in a while, it skips a little, you know, but, but you know, like, how grateful can you be for just having a heartbeat? And and some of you might be listening and saying, okay, well, that that's great, Chris and Candace. I'm glad you guys are so grateful to be alive and that you're counting your blessings and you both have lovely marriages and families and all kinds of people to celebrate your holidays with, but that's not me. Um, and and if, if if that's if that's you, I think I think we might want to just start on the scarcity side, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Uh, because because I I definitely was feeling scarce yesterday too. Um, you know, I was feeling exhausted. We literally gave our bedroom to my sister-in-law. And so we were sleeping on this really uncomfortable sleeper sofa and I didn't have any privacy. I couldn't take a nap. Like, you know, I was, I was definitely feeling Mm -hmm. scarce in the midst of all my abundance. I was feeling quite scarce. And when I found out my family was not leaving today, but continuing to stay through today while I had a work day, I was like, what is going on? What? Um, And I was feeling very scarce. So, um, you know, first of all, if you are having a tough time, as many do, uh, through the holidays. Um, and even like in the midst of my joy, I had some tough times and I will, I'll have more tough times over mm-hmm. the next weeks. I know it. Um, Chris, what, 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 what do you do? What do you do when you're in those moments of either scarcity, pain, um, emptiness, where do you go? Uh, the first thing th- that I've learned to do, and this is the hardest thing that I had to learn as an adult is to allow myself to feel that, um, You know, because, uh, you know, what I've learned over time is that when you suppress one emotion, one feeling, you actually are suppressing the whole feeling array. You you know, you can't, it's a package deal, I always say, you know, it's like, if you push down on those emotions, all of them get suppressed. And so the first thing is just to allow the fact in, allow it in. It's like, oh, I'm feeling, I'm feeling really scarce right now. I'm feeling really thin. You know, like like my my skin is paper thin and and everything, you know, is like sandpaper against just it hurts, you know. And so I allow myself to feel that. Um, And and then the second thing I do is I ask myself, how long do I need to experience that? Because, you know, I, I need to let myself have that emotion, you know, because without allowing that, I can't allow the other emotions like joy and gratitude and things like that. So those are the first two things. What do you do? Well, I guess there's an important thing that you just mentioned here. And and I think a lot of us, um, a lot of us, I'll just speak for myself right now. Yeah. When I am feeling in the pits, when I'm like in my, in my, um, you know, in my, at my worst, mm-hmm. I want to get out of it. And the, like, the more I want to get out of it, the more stuck I feel in it. Yeah. Um, and, and like, I'm embarrassed. Like even yesterday I was washing dishes, crying, and I was embarrassed. Like the whole family's here. Like, why am I crying while I'm washing dishes, you know? And, and, uh, and I was like beating myself up over it, which made it worse. Like, and I just kept like get, get heavier and heavier and heavier. And, mm-hmm. and I think the first thing you're saying is like, okay, just allow it. Like, okay, I'm going to cry right now. And mm-hmm. if people see me, I'm going to say, Hey, I'm crying. And I'm not exactly sure why, but I'm crying and I'm going to let it, I'm going to let it happen and allow yourself to feel it. So I think a lot of times when, when I was a kid, I was told don't cry, not in public, don't make a scene. And I was kind of coached and told not to allow these emotions through. Um, And I think that's really important is that you allow them. Um, The second thing is, and this is something that Andrew and I do a lot is we'll say I'm in scarcity right now. We'll identify it. Like mm-hmm. I'm feeling really scarce. I haven't had much sleep. 
my back, I'm in back pain. Um, I, I know that I'm in an emotionally, um, you know, tense time for myself. Uh, I haven't had anything to eat. Like we like, like identify like what are, what's causing me to feel mm-hmm. so scarce right now. So at least the other person's aware, you know, like if I'm going to be in my emotions, I at least want the people I love to know why, yeah, why I'm that's sweet. Um, and and the other side of the same coin is sometimes when I get in that depleted state or uh, feeling just you know hammered down by by my world, um, I'll snap. Uh, you know, I'll I'll say something snarky to to Sarah, and and we have the permission with each other to call out that you know like woo, you know what's up with you today. And that's, you know, that's cause for me to stop and say, yeah, you know what? I'm really feeling in scarcity. I'm I'm really feeling depleted right now. And I, I don't need to take it out on you. It just, I'm feeling that. And, and, you know, I apologize and, and say, you know, like, let me, let me do that over again. <laughs> you know, here's what I'm feeling and this is what's going on and, and really get a chance to own that. Um, but it's great to have a partner that allows you that space and calls you out on it. Um, or calls and, and, if, out and on if you it. don't, and if you don't have a partner, maybe you might have kids. And what I would also say is that the, okay. the, the surefire, the surest fire way for me to know if I'm in scarcity is to look at my three-year-old. He will tell me. Um, and like, if he's acting out, if Ivor's acting out, I know it's because I'm in, 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 a, in a tough spot. Um, but the third pets thing is too, you know, I'm sorry to interrupt, but pet, okay. pets, you know, people who are oh, yeah. alone and have a pet, pets are so sensitive to those, those ups and downs and, and the, the scarcity and abundance, you know, and, um, they'll, they'll just, uh, you know, they'll cuddle up next to you because they know that's what you need. And final thing I'll say on this is if you're not sure, <laughs> if you're like, I don't know if I'm in scarcity or abundance right now, uh, look at the five people around you that are the closest to you because we are all mirrors for each other. Mm-hmm. So, so whether it's your kids, your animals, your family members, your friends, if the people around you are in joy and abundance, then likely if, even if you're not feeling it right now, you can probably find your way back to it. But if you're finding that everyone around you is stressed, that there's just like you're experiencing stress, it's likely that you're emanating it because that, that we're all perfect mirrors for each other. And so the, 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 the final thing I'll say, and this is, this is point three that you mentioned is identify how long you need to be in that space. And this might sound silly because you, you might be like, what does that even mean? I'm going to be in this space until I'm not. No, actually you're not. You actually do have control over this. And um, Andrew and I call it poor baby. You know, how, how many, poor babies, <laughs> how many poor babies you need Candace? And then he'll say, Oh, poor baby. I am so sorry. And he'll, he'll commiserate with me, you know, and, and, and I'll say, and I'll say, I need an hour. And he'll say, I'm going to give you five minutes. Um, and so like he, he truncates my poor baby. Uh, but, but what that does is it, it, it helps me to understand. I don't have to be in this all day. Yeah. Like when I was washing the dishes last night, crying about my lost son, I didn't have to actually be in that for a week. You know, I got to be in that for the 15 minutes I was washing the dishes. And then I got to shift back into joy again with my family. And allowing yourself to say, how much time do I need talking about it with somebody else and letting them reflect back to you? Um, uh, you know, we call this accountability partners, but finding yourself an accountability partner to actually hold you to it. Okay, yeah. I'm going to give you until tomorrow morning, but then you're going to shift. Yeah, a real quick story about that is um, when when the pandemic first hit us, um, I was coming into a, a very abundant year. I had um, on the books... Uh, prepared um, through 
quarter two and quarter three of of 2019. Was that the first year? <laughs> I forget which. Who's counting? 20, anyway, <laughs> the first year of the pandemic, I had a really abundant pipeline. And in a matter of, I, I think, a week, it entirely vaporized. And I was looking at zeros, you know, mm -hmm. for my next two or three quarters. I had nothing for Q4 yet, but, you know, I was going to coast through the year and, and really have a, you know, pretty sizable bankroll by the end of the year. And it, it, it just vaporized. And so I got into the scarcity for, you know, for a chunk of, of time. I think it was, I don't know, an hour, two hours, you know, like after I realized that I was just like, oh, poor me, you know, oh, oh my God, what am I going to do? And then I needed to do something to, to shift, you know, to, to shift it. So, uh, and, and this might not work for you, but this is what I did. Um, I went to the bank and I pulled out a hundred dollars in $20 bills. And then I went to the grocery store. There were only five people working. There were two stalkers. There was one person on cashier on, or two people on cashier. And there was one person in the office. And I went around to each of them and I gave them a $20 bill and said, thank you for working today. I know it's a scary place to be. And I gave. And, you know, the thing that's true in my brain, you know, is that you can't be in scarcity and abundance too often at the same time. And so what that did was you, you can't really give away stuff if you don't feel abundant. So I forced myself to feel abundant by giving away, um, you know, what what was feeling scarce at that time, which was I saw zeros in my in my pipeline again. And uh, by the time I left the grocery store, I just was happy again. I, I felt okay again. I felt my feet were on the ground again, and I, I and I I knew we could do it. I knew we could we could make it. Um, so you you find but things. But just on that, just on that topic, yeah. uh, Chris. You know, I think uh, you may be listening to the saying, "Well, that'd be nice." I wish I was rich like Chris and had a hundred dollars that I could. I didn't feel very rich. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But what what where I would go with that is that giving it away doesn't have to be monetary or even tangible. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, one of the things that that we teach often in our trainings um, and, and, and with, when we're coaching is just go out and give it away. Give away your hugs, give away your gratitude, give away acknowledgement to strangers, to people you love. Pick up the phone and call someone and spend 15 mm -hmm. minutes acknowledging them that mm -hmm. you will find magic in giving it away. Um, and we always have our gratitude a hundred percent of the time, even when we, are, when we are in our darkest moments, we can find someone to be grateful for something in life to be grateful for start there and give yeah. that away. That's, that, that's so true. You know, just in your deepest, darkest place, sit there and say, well, what am I grateful for? And, and your brain's going to say nothing. And you say, yeah, but what am I grateful for? And and because because you have control, you're you have conscious control and choice at any moment. And your brain in its scarcity protection mode may say, there's nothing out here to be grateful for. Look at where I'm at. You know, I'm sitting on the floor. You know, you know, crying in my own stuff. I'm I'm like uh, the the biblical Job sitting on his dung heap picking his sores. You know, it's like I'm terrible, but keep asking. So yeah, but what am I grateful for, you know, and find something and then find another thing. And if you can only find two things, start there, you know, but it's doing something to turn, to flip that, that toggle switch into, um, 
abundance. And I know we said, uh, you know, at the beginning that it's, it, it's not a toggle switch. You actually can find both of them at the same time. You know, you can feel your feelings and then become grateful and then become abundant in e even in the reality knowledge of you, you don't have. Well, one other thing that's a, that's a tool that I think might be useful right now is, and this is this is something Chris and I talk about a lot, which is breakdown to breakthrough, mm. and um, and like you can be grateful for the breakdown, <laughs> um, and uh, and like okay, I'm in it right now, I am in it, um, and okay, I'm like I'm feeling stuck. The first thing I I often do is when I'm in it, I tell somebody, I tell somebody I'm in it. And, um, I, I mentioned this on the last, on the last episode, but, you know, I, I talk about my bat, my head is a bad neighborhood and like, you know, there's like gang fights going on and car fires and all of that and graffiti, <laughs> I love graffiti, but, um, but, but when you're in it, it is the, the most dangerous place you can stay is inside your own head. And, uh, and, and, you know, there is beauty in the breakdown. I think there's a song called that there's beauty in the breakdown. And the reason for that is, is that breakdown means you are on the precipice of whatever is your next greatness. If you can just allow yourself to share what you're feeling mm -hmm. and that vulnerability and sharing, sharing whatever your breakdown is with anyone, someone allows you to open yourself up to whatever is your next breakthrough. Yeah, that's so true. You know, and, and breakdowns are really what's happening in, in a breakdown is you're confronting, you're coming face to face with something that's holding you in place and, and what's available in that moment, when you acknowledge it, when you name it and say, okay, this is what's happening. Um, you know, how is this something that's holding me in place and what do I get to do to get to the other side of that? You know, the subtitle to Typhoon Honey is the only way out is through. Uh, the only way out of a real breakdown is to go through it and and really come out on the other side. And on the other side, you look back on it and say, okay, so what that was, was that was a really old story from my past. I grew up in scarcity. I grew up in Appalachia. Me personally, I did. Um, and, and, and so there's a lot of old old stories floating around old tapes uh, running in my head that say, you know, there's never going to be enough. Uh, and, and so um, what happens when I'm able to embrace that and then step through it by doing something like gratitude, like abundance or giving, you know, doing a hug campaign, you know, one time I just wrote out a whole bunch of, you know, just tell somebody else you love them and, you know, printed out a whole bunch of them, cut them apart and went around the parking lot and put them under about 150 windshield wipers so that when people came out from work, they would see some message of gratitude. And, and again, just giving like that, uh, a simple act, you know, can break you through to the other side. And then you can look back on it and say, Ooh, that's what was happening. And I, I think I'd like to to close, Chris, with uh with one fun exercise that we have in our book. And this is change your words, change your world. Mm, and so, yeah. so, you know, we're talking about all these things that you can do outward. Go give it out to strangers. Okay. What 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 if you aren't there yet? What if you're not in a place where you can give it out to strangers? You start by giving it to yourself. Mm -hmm. Um and one of my favorite things that that we do often is we we find something that you're stuck in. Just 
something that you're stuck about. And, um, and you know, I, I've got 10 people here at my house right now. And it was, they were literally, so we're screaming right before we did this, 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 <laughs> this taping. And I told my husband, I was like, please get them out of the house. Like <laughs> we have a podcast to, to record. And so, so I, I'm hearing my son screaming. He has no shoes on as it's 15 degrees outside. My husband's <laughs> carrying him out, kicking literally. Um, I, you know, in that moment, the one thing I can do is say, wow, in this moment, I could be in my story about my, could be in scarcity, like about how awful this is, how stressed out I am, how all the people in my house, or I could say, wow, that is amazing. I have a family who is willing to pack themselves up, put themselves in a car, go stand outside for an hour and 15 minutes with my, I have a husband who is willing to take a screaming toddler with no shoes on out of the house because they love me. And just switch the, we call it flipping the script or, or switching the situation, changing your words, changing your world. If you put yourself in a victim story, that's where you'll stay. But if you can just change the exact same facts to be something that you can, that you're grateful for, something that you're blessed to be in, um, it will, it will change your entire mindset around that situation. Do you have any examples of that, Chris? Well, yeah, I, I mean, so when I get in that oppressed state, you know, everything occurs to me like have to, I have to do this and I have to do that. And so the first step is, is, you know, just saying that, you know what, it's a choice and I get to do it. So changing it from have to, to get to, um, and it's a sounds silly as a, a simple exercise, but just shifting that one word from have to, to get to, um, puts you in a state of gratitude. You know, I have to pay my bills. You know what? I get to pay my bills because I have utilities. I have a house. I have a mortgage, you know, and I have those things that I, you know, it's a privilege. There are so many people who don't. So it's a privilege to do that. I get to do it. And with that, Mm -hmm. um, today, we wish you a very happy holiday. We know that we are all going into a new year. This is an exciting time of change, an exciting time of opportunity. And it's also not a time for you to allow yourself to feel what you're feeling and give yourself the time that you need to shift, but give yourself a deadline to shift. So with that, we thank you so much for joining us today on Dream, Declare, Deliver. We're so excited to be doing this together. Blessed to be doing it together. And we, we look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank Happy you. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays.